let's begin. Uh, by the way, I don't know if I've introduced myself today. My name is Charlie Salamone. If we have not yet met, it's a pleasure to meet you. Also, if you're on Instagram, Pastor underscore Charlie, or if you're on Twitter, Montreal Pastor, or if you're on Facebook, just look for me. Um, TikTok, haven't made it there just yet, but I should, you know, because it's where people are, right? Uh, things have changed in the social media realm, you know. Uh, when I was a little younger, it was MySpace. I'm older than I look. And then I did join Facebook. Facebook and MySpace, you, are, you have friends, right? Friends. You got your Facebook friends, MySpace friends. Uh, with um, some of the newer platforms, Instagram, uh, TikTok, it's not really about friends, is it? It's about what? Followers. That's right. Okay. Followers. Who needs friends when you can have followers? Who needs friends when you can have fans, right? Ah, oh, to be an influencer, right? You're not even necessarily good at anything, but people think you're great and they want to be like you. Isn't that something? Is that something we want? Before you answer that, uh, 2012, a study was done at the University of California among uh, children or, you know, adolescents, uh, preteens, people aged 10 to 12, asking them, polling them different things, and they found out the number one desire, the number one desire in children ages 10 to 12 is to be famous. <laughs> but then we grow out of that as we get older, right? <laughs> or maybe 10 to 12-year-olds are in that phase where they're child enough to be honest, <laughs> but they're like to that point where, um, I guess what I'm saying is, maybe we don't all, maybe we don't all want to be famous in that sense, you know, uh, TikTok influencer, but this desire to be like, praised and applauded and such. Uh, is that a, oh, wait a second. Okay, I want to be famous. I want to be famous. Someone out there is like acknowledging, yeah, that's me. Is that a good thing? Is that a good thing? Okay, this is where you're expecting me to kind of say, oh, can you believe the kids these days? Back in my day, we knew how to work hard, you know, for things that really mattered, not this TikTok nonsense. Is it a, a, is it a bad thing to want to be famous? You know what? The answer is more complicated than you might think. What if I told you that God made you that way? Okay? What if I told you that? What if I told you that God made you that way? So something about myself when it comes to music, usually when I hear a song for the first time, I don't really like it, you know. Um, it it kind of, um, I don't know, it just goes through me. It takes a few times before I can really like a song. I don't know if that's just me. But once in a while, there's a song that immediately just like 
hits you and it just resonates so deeply where you're just like, this song is getting added to my Spotify. I need to, sometimes I'll just be like, start it over. I want to hear it again. A song I just heard, I want to hear it again. And that's the way it was, I remember actually, uh, 1994, once more, I'm older than I look. 1994, uh, the breakout hit uh, from the band, The Counting Crows, the song Mr. Jones. You know that song? Okay. Down at the New Amsterdam. You guys, a lot of you know it, okay? If you don't, you're too young. Or too old, perhaps. But um, <laughs> regardless, it's, it's a song, and the theme of the song is what we're talking about, you know? Uh, some of the, the lyrics. I mean, this is like the big thing. We all want to be big stars. We don't know why and we don't know how. We all want something beautiful. Man, I wish I was beautiful. When everyone loves you, you won't ever be lonely. When everyone loves you, when everyone loves me, that's as happy as I could be. This idea of being famous, I mean, if you go to the root of it, the heart of it, what we're, what we're wanting is just what he's talking about. You know, we want to be stars so we can, I want to have something beautiful. I want to, I want to be, I want to be beautiful. Okay, I, 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 want, I don't ever want to be lonely. I want to, I want to be loved. I want, I want this deep fulfillment, happiness of being known, of being loved. What I'm trying to tell you is these deep down are not bad desires. And in fact, God made us this way. And there's even more. Let me say it this way. Fame, fame, the shine of glory. We were created for glory. We were created, this is the the beginning of the Bible if you don't know this, we were created to bear the image of the Almighty God. We were created to reflect, okay? Take Take the greatest star you know, the greatest actor, the greatest singer, it's nothing. Okay, we were made to reflect reflect the glory of the eternal, all-powerful God. That's the, that's the glory. You want to talk about fame? You want to talk about glory? That's what we were made for. So this, this desire that fuels, like, I, I, I want followers, I want fans. It, the, desire is, the desire is good, actually. But yeah, something's gone wrong, okay? Some of you are like, yeah, but it doesn't seem good, okay? Yeah, granted, there's some, there's some bad things people do in the pursuit of their own fame. Uh, last week, I read about a TikTok star who was accused of starting forest fires to have a cooler backdrop for their videos, you know? <laughs> I mean... I don't have to come, I can come up with examples. People doing awful things and live streaming it uh, just for the fame, for the twisted sense of glory. Yeah, something's gone wrong, okay? But we were, we were made for this. All right, here's what we've been doing at Westview, and we just started this. We just started a new series on the New Testament book of John. 
If you're here for the first time, you've joined us at a perfect time because we're starting a new series. And the book of John is often like, if someone's never read the Bible, start with the book of John. People often say that. So, so this is a perfect time to, to jump in and start learning about what God's word has to say. And um, I'm going to go ahead and actually just, just read uh, we, we, we did the very beginning of the first chapter last week. We're going to pick it up at verse 19. It, it pertains to this conversation. There's a reason why I've been talking about this idea of fame and glory. Um, John chapter 1, beginning verse 19. Now this was John's testimony when the Jewish leaders in Jerusalem sent priests and Levites to ask him who he was. He did not fail to confess, but confessed freely, I am not the Messiah. They asked him, then who, you, who are you? Are you Elijah? He said, I'm not. Are you the prophet? He answered, no. Finally, they said, who are you? Give us an answer to take back to those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? John replied in the words of Isaiah the prophet, I am the voice of one calling in the wilderness. Make straight the way for the Lord. All right, what's going on here? You got this fellow, uh, history knows him as John the Baptist. He emerges out of nowhere, in the middle of nowhere, in what the Bible calls the wilderness. Okay, so he's in the middle of nowhere, and what is he doing? He starts preaching. He starts preaching. The kingdom of God is at hand. The kingdom of God is near, and along with preaching, he's baptizing. Okay? In the middle of nowhere, out of nowhere, this guy who looks kind of funny, actually, he dresses funny, uh, he lives a, 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 a funny, strange life, in the middle of nowhere... He is preaching, the kingdom of heaven is near, and he's baptizing. And, this is what's really odd, he's gathering a crowd. He's not doing miracles or anything like that. He's just preaching, the kingdom of God is at hand. And that's odd. That's odd, okay? It's odd, it's strange, it's rare for a preacher to gather crowds. Okay, it really is. It's strange today, and it was strange back then. Um, This was obviously before TikTok, Facebook, Twitter, and such, but John would suddenly have lots of followers. Lots of followers. People are curious to see what John says. But it's all just just grassroots at this point, you know? your random town folks are going out. But something is suddenly changing now. Uh, as we just read uh, in verse 19, the Jewish leaders in Jerusalem are sending priests and Levites. So now you have the people in authority, the people of power and privilege. Now you have their attention, okay? It's kind of like you've been singing a song for a while and people are singing along and you got a little bit of a following and now all of a sudden the record labels are coming and paying attention. Like, This is your moment, John, to go from a guy in the middle of nowhere who's preaching to Jerusalem, okay? What are you going to do? And the people show up and they're like, are you the guy? Are you the man? And and the the text says here he did not fail to confess. It makes a big point of this. John didn't do what temptation would have wanted him to do. Are you the man we're looking for? For, for? It says, are you the Messiah? Are you Elijah? Are you the prophet? Are you someone special? And what John is saying to them is, nope, nope, nope. I'm not taking the bait here. I, I am not. Later, you keep reading John, actually. All of his followers 
he points to Jesus and he says, that's the guy. And his followers leave him and they start following Jesus, okay? John is not doing what human nature so much wants to do. He's saying, don't look at me. It's not about me. It's not about me. It's not about me. It's about him. We're, we're actually doing a baptism today, okay? I'm excited about that. Christina's getting baptized. Christina will tell you, this isn't actually about me, okay? We're pointing to something. We're pointing to, to, someone, to someone greater. And I actually want to tell you something, and this is a, a paradox. The path to glory, okay, the path to a shining fame, you want to use that word, the path to glory is to not seek it for yourself, but to give it away, okay? Ah, um, so it's interesting, actually, what happens here. They're like, are you the man? Are you the man? Are you the guy? And John is like, nope, 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 nope. Uh, and you'll see that that comes out even more. Uh, but there, there's something interesting. They say, are you, are, you, uh, are you Elijah? And that needs a little bit of explaining, okay? So... Um, Elijah was a guy 800 years prior, 800 years back, okay? And he was a prophet, and, and the, the Jews at the time would have said he was the greatest of the Old Testament prophets. And here's what happened in the days of Elijah. Religion had become superficial and empty and hypocritical, okay? You had people who went to church but it didn't mean anything to anyone, and, and the religion of the day was just that, okay? It was shallow. It was going through the motions. It was checking the box. It had no impact on the daily lives of the people. And Elijah shows up, okay? And by the power of the Lord, he starts preaching. If you were here last week, Avang actually quoted the prophet Elijah in a very important uh, in a very important way. This is the beginning of Elijah's book. Pay attention to this. So, uh, so Elijah, uh, he's saying to the people, okay, you're trying to drink from a well that's never going to satisfy. All right, this is Elijah, this is, this is, this is the book of Elijah, uh, uh, prophet Elijah chapter 2. You're trying to drink from a well that's never going to satisfy. And this really is, if you want to think about it this way, this is the essence of sin, that you don't really think about it that way. It was, this is all we talked about this all last week, okay, Evans did. You're trying to drink from a well that is not going to satisfy. Meanwhile, the well of living water, you're not coming to. You can. You're welcome to. There, there's a well that will satisfy, that will satisfy Deep, deep heart satisfaction. And, and the people are like, no, we're not interested in that. Instead, we're going to drink from this other well. And we drink, we drink, we drink, but we're, we're still thirsty. I want to be famous. Okay? I want people to like me. Maybe you're not trying to strive to be a TikTok influencer, 
But if you're honest with yourself, you are striving for human praise. You're striving for human approval, okay? You strive to be liked, to be valued. You are, okay? It's not going to satisfy. Can I tell you that? Uh, that's, that, song, that, that song I cited, uh, Mr. Jones, I love that song. I love that song. The, 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 the person who wrote it, Andritz, he was interviewed and he talked a little bit about, um, you know, the inspiration. He said he was at a bar and there was some musicians singing. And, he, and um, he said afterwards they were sitting and having a drink and all these pretty girls were going and talking to them. And he said, and, and here I was and uh, I'm watching and I'm, I'm shy. I don't have the courage to talk to girls. And I just thought, man, if I was famous, it'd be, it'd be easy, you know? Um, but this is actually a quote that he said then in the interview. He said, but you're supposed to see through that guy. When everyone loves me, I'll never be lonely. You're supposed to know that's not true. For one thing, there's no such thing as everyone loves me. No one knows you in that case. So I knew that wasn't going to happen that way. But you still want it. You still want life to be easier. You still want to be a rock star so it's easier to talk to the girl. But it's the same crazy person sitting there with the girl later, though. It doesn't fix things. It doesn't satisfy. And maybe you've discovered this, right? Okay, live a life thinking this this is going to make me happy. This is going to satisfy. This is going to make me happy. This is going to satisfy. It won't. Because the glory we were made for will never be satisfied by only the praise of men. Do you get that? We were created to share in, to reflect the glory of God. And so that's what's happening in the world. You look at the world and you say, you know what? This world seems a little messed up. Something has gone very wrong. Acknowledged, granted. Something has gone very wrong. And it's because we have a world where it's like, I'm thirsty, I'm thirsty, I'm thirsty. I'm trying to, to, to satisfy. It's not working. So you have people doing more and more desperate things. More desperate and more desperate and more desperate to fill a void that is never going to be filled apart from the one who created us what we were made for. Until you get in touch with why you were created, you are never going to uh, be able to fulfill what you were created for. Until you understand that. We were created to know him. We were created to, to not have just like religion, like, well, I, I go to church on Sunday. Sometimes I read the Bible. I, I, I pray here and there, maybe. Forget all that. Okay, We're not talking about just checking the box Christianity. We're talking about a life that is built on knowing him. It's what we were created for. So anyways, um, Elijah, Elijah is telling the people, you're all chasing after something that will never satisfy. You're all chasing after something that will never satisfy. Meanwhile, God is there. And so his message to the people this is 800 BC. His message to the people was, well, well, the, the, the religious word is repent, okay? Repent. But no one talks that way anymore. What we're, what we're saying is, what it means is turn, change. Change your ways. Change your life. Turn. Turn from chasing after things that will never satisfy 
and turn to the living water, the God who is, the God who, who satisfies. That's what Elijah was saying. That was 800 B.C. And then 400 years later, right, 400 years later, the prophet Malachi emerged, and he was the last of the Old Testament prophets. Malachi emerged, and like I say, the, the end of the Old Testament is the book of Malachi. And one of the things that Malachi says is, God speaking, I'm going to send Elijah. I'm going to send Elijah to the people before the coming of the day of the Lord. Before God does this very special thing, the prophet Elijah is going to come. Okay? So that's what's happening here in the book of John when uh, the, 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 the religious leaders are saying to, to John the Baptist, are you Elijah? As in, are you the fulfillment of what we've been waiting for? And it's interesting because John says no, but Jesus says he actually is. He is. What's going on here? Why does John say no? It, it's a couple things it could be. It could be that John, he's so humble, he doesn't know the significance of his own ministry. Um, but I, I think more likely what's going on is John knows they don't understand the heart of what's going on. They are thinking, okay, the prophet Elijah is here. We're going to bring him into Jerusalem. We're going to parade him through the streets. We're going to be like, our prophet has returned. And that's not what the mission is all about. John doesn't want them focusing on him. Okay? So he's like, nope, nope, nope. I am not what you're looking for. But he is. He is the return of Elijah in this sense. He says, I, I have come. I have come to, I am, I am the voice of the one calling in the wilderness. Make straight the ways of the Lord. As in, John the Baptist is crying out with the same message. Turn, turn. Your life isn't going to satisfy the life you're living, if it's not built on Jesus, if it's not seeking him and living for him, you're chasing after the wind, okay? You're drinking, you're drinking, you're drinking. I'm still thirsty. I'm still drinking. I'm still thirsty. You know what I'm talking about because you've walked this. You've lived this. How long will you continue in this way? There is a fountain that satisfies, and the fountain is Jesus. So let's keep reading. Okay, keep reading. You get to verse 24. Now the Pharisees who had been sent questioned him, why then do you baptize if you are not the Messiah, nor Elijah, nor the prophet? I baptize with water, John replied, but among you stands one you do not know. He is the one who comes after me, the straps of whose sandals I am not worthy to untie. This all happened at Bethany on the other side of the Jordan where John was baptizing. Okay, so, so let's explain what's going on here. They said, why are you baptizing if you are not the person we've been waiting for? And first, John wants to clarify something. Okay, he says, I baptize with water. Okay, he's going he's gonna to clarify that more when we keep reading. But, he, but he's saying is, I baptize with water. But there is something else coming. There is another baptism. We're going to be baptizing with water today. But this points to something else. I don't know if you know that. There is another baptism. There's a baptism with water and there's another one a greater one that this one points to. And we'll, 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 we'll see that as we keep reading. But the other thing that's happened here, he's saying, I baptize with water, but among you stands one who you do not know. He is the one who comes after me, the straps of whose sandals I am not worthy to untie. So he's saying, I, I, once more, the attitude of John is like, don't look at me, don't praise me, I'm not worthy. I am here to talk about one who is, okay? And let me explain to you the great dilemma that we have, okay? Is it wrong to seek your own fame and glory? 
Yes. Okay? It is. There's nothing wrong with being on Instagram. Like I say, I'm on Instagram. But if your heart's desire is seeking and elevating yourself, I want people to love me and praise me. Is it wrong to seek your own glory and fame? Yes. And let me explain why. Because we're not worthy of it. Okay? Maybe you're a good actor. Maybe you're a good singer. Maybe you're just good looking. On a heart level, you're not worthy of people praising you. But the great dilemma is we thirst after that because that's what we were created for. We were created for this glory. But because of sin, we're not worthy of the calling that we were made for. And we feel that void. That is the problem with humanity. We long for something that we're not worthy of. We long for glory, but we're not worthy of glory. And that's what Jesus came to fix, to cure, to heal, to save. And how he does it, we're going to see as we keep reading. Verse 29. The next day, John saw Jesus coming towards him and said, Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is the one I meant when I said, A man who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. I myself did not know him, but the reason I came baptizing with water was that he might be revealed to Israel. Then John gave this testimony. I saw the Spirit come down from heaven as a dove and remain on him. And I myself did not know him, but the one who sent me to baptize with water told me, the man on whom you see the Spirit come down and remain is the one who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. Okay, we got a couple things to unpack here. John saw the Spirit of God descend on Jesus like a dove. Have you ever been starstruck? As in, have you ever met someone famous? It's odd because it seems like there's this glow. Okay, I have before. It's, it, it, it seems like there's like this glow around them. But can I tell you, it's not real. Okay? I mean, you get to know those people and they're just, just normal people. Okay? With fears and anxieties and weaknesses and insecurities and all those things. Sins. Normal people, the shine isn't real. But with Jesus, it's real. Here is the one who is worthy. The the dove coming down, a dove signifying peace, gentleness. He is good on the inside, the ways that matter. Okay? This this is someone who is, is worthy to be praised and worshiped. He lived a perfect life. A life of goodness, a life of, of virtue. Uh, he did. And he came on a mission. Um, John said, look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Um, let's talk about what we're doing here. Talk about what we're doing. What we're doing... Because, again, we have the baptism with water, but there's another baptism. What we're doing is we're baptizing with water. What is that? Why are we doing that? What's going on? Well, 
one of the ways that the scriptures speak about baptism is baptism is an appeal to God for a good conscience. Okay? Baptism is your heart saying, God, wash me. Cleanse me. It's, it's, it's a hard acknowledgement of sin. Jesus came to take away the sins of the world. What we're saying is we're looking to God and we're saying, I don't want to live for myself anymore. I don't want to live for my own praise and glory anymore. I want it to be about you. I want my life to point to you. Okay? And so you have this going under the water and coming back up. It's, it's, it's my life identifies with the one who died, was buried, and rose from the dead. And that's Jesus. And the water, the water symbolizes this washing. And if you don't know how it went down, let me explain. Jesus, the one who lived a, a righteous and good and worthy life, by his own willingness, he went to the cross and was killed. He was crucified. And in dying, what he did was he bore the sin of mankind, meaning, meaning, sin, we understand this. We understand this. Evil deeds deserve a punishment. That's justice. That's good. That, that's good justice. And we all, like sheep, have gone astray, as the scriptures say. We've all sinned. We've all, we've all racked up a debt that must be paid, a debt of, of justice, a debt of, if I say it this way, a debt of, of wrath. The wrath of God is deserving towards sinners. That's, that's not me being mean or speaking of a, a, an angry, vengeful God for no reason. The wrath of God is good, and it's warranted. Look around at our world, okay? And, and, and look at your own heart with honesty. We deserve the wrath of God. But Jesus came, and he took it upon himself. He endured it so that we don't have to. So that whosoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. God did not send Jesus to punish the world. He sent Jesus to save the world. All who would believe in him. Just like the, the water washes, the idea is our soul would be washed, cleansed. And so what you have in the Bible is two baptisms. And that's what we have in this text. John is saying, I baptize with water. All, all I'm doing is baptizing with water, but there's one coming who's going to baptize with the Holy Spirit. And this part you're going to want to pay attention to. The word baptism, what does it literally mean? It means submerged, okay? Christina's getting submerged in the water. Completely submerged, okay? Um... That's what the word means. But this is pointing to something that Jesus is going to do. This is pointing to something that Jesus does. The submerging of the Holy Spirit. This thirst that we can't escape, this thirst for glory, only, only shall it be satisfied by being restored to the glory that we were made for. To be, to be submerged in the Holy Spirit means to be submerged in God. Not just to see him, 
okay? Not just to see him, not just to experience him, but to have your life completely submerged in the person of God, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Um, this is a, a baptism of, of power. This is a baptism of life. This is a, a baptism that is not done by the hands of men. A baptism done by the hands of God. It's a baptism to be experienced. Um, do you know, do you know the filling of the Holy Spirit? Do you know that this is what's offered? This is the life that's offered. Whatever it is you're living your life chasing for, consider it of no value at all in comparison to the knowing and the filling of the Holy Spirit of God. And this is the gift that Jesus stands ready to give. We baptize with water, but there is one who stands ready to baptize those who call on him with the Holy Spirit. Now, I'm not talking about something that, well, when you die, then you'll experience it. No, not what I'm talking about. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Um, keep reading, book of Acts. Repent, every one of you, turn. That's what we've been talking about. That's what Elijah said. That's what John the Baptist said. Turn, turn, turn from the way you have been living, chasing after things that will never satisfy, and seek him first. Repent, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, and be baptized for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the promise of the Father the Holy Spirit. He's for you. He's for your children, for those who are far off. He's for you. For you. So we're going to baptize today. That's what we can do. If you want to be baptized, um, talk to me. Talk to one of our leaders. That's what we can do. That's, what you, that's the calling that you should do. Okay? Repent, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins. That's what we do. But as we're doing it, we're looking to him. We are looking and wanting a greater baptism. The baptism that satisfies the baptism of glory. Father God, stir our hearts in such a way, God. Stir our hearts so that we are longing for the baptism that you provide, the filling, the giving of your Holy Spirit. Lord, Lord, I, I lift up Christina. I pray that her life is marked by this. Her friends and family are able to see there is a spirit living within her. Lord God, we do our part. We will baptize with water as you've called us to. We will we will be baptized as you've called us to. We will do our part, Lord, but we are looking to you and we are waiting on you and we're believing on you to do your part, Lord. I know that you are, but I'm asking for more. I'm asking for more of your Holy Spirit's power, more of your Holy Spirit's baptism, filling. Jesus, fill us again. You filled us before. Fill us again. Let us know you. Let us experience you. Let us praise you. And declare your glory to the world. Not our own fame, not our own glory, but let us call on you and declare your glory by the power of the Holy Spirit. 
And let us share in your fame. Let us share in your glory as we've been baptized in you, Lord. The one who is worthy of praise and glory. In your name we pray, Jesus. Amen. Amen. That's right. Don't forget about this part. So this part is when we have a time of question and answer or question and response. If you would like to explore something that Charlie has mentioned in, um, in, this, in this sermon, or if you have a question about faith um, in general, we encourage you to ask the question. If you're in the room, we have uh, Tracy with the mic, and she will come, and you can ask it real time. If not, there's a number on the screen. For those of you at home or, or who are too shy to ask in person, um, you can also text the number um, on the screen, and I'll receive that question, and uh, we will go from there. So are there any questions in the congregation? Yes, right over here. Uh, yes, uh, as uh, believers who are baptized in water, uh, how about the baptism in the Spirit? How do you know that you are baptized in the Spirit? And what is the sign? What is, what is the signs of being baptized with the Spirit? Is yeah. that what you're asking? Yes. Okay. It's a good question. I'm going to give a little bit of church um, history, I suppose. Uh, uh. So, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, once more, baptism means submerged. The gift of God, it's, it's very interesting, okay? The first time... The gospel was ever preached by the power of the Holy Spirit, Acts chapter 2. Do you know something that wasn't even mentioned was going to heaven when you die? Okay, a lot of times, for those of us who have lived the Christian life, when we talk about, you know, what Jesus is all about, we will say, believe in Jesus, your sins are forgiven, and then you die and go to heaven. Totally true. All true. Okay? That's, that's, that's true. It's biblical. It's important. Okay, if you believe in Jesus, when you die, you'll be with God forever. But the first time the gospel was ever preached, heaven wasn't even mentioned. Instead, it's believe in Jesus and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Baptized with the Holy Spirit. Okay, and I'm going to answer your question. I'm getting there. So, the question is, how do you know if you've been baptized with the Holy Spirit? Well, first off, let me say this. It's an experience. All right? Some people have tried to say on on one end of the spectrum, people have tried to say the baptism of the Holy Spirit is something that happens at conversion. You don't even know it's happening. It's kind of happening in the background of, you know, your heart in ways that you don't even know. Wrong, wrong, wrong. Every time, every time the baptism of the Holy Spirit is talked about in the scriptures, it is something experienced. You receive power and the Holy Spirit comes upon you. It is a baptism of power. If you're filled with the Spirit of God, I think that's something you're going to notice, okay? I think that's something you're going to experience. That's like, oh, I, I didn't even notice, okay? I didn't even notice it happened to me. Wrong. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is something experienced, Okay. So, so some people, I would say, are wrong when they say it's not an experience. On the other hand, you've had some Christians that, that say something that also I'm going to disagree with, okay? There are some Christians that have said the baptism of the Holy Spirit is evidenced by the speaking in tongues, okay? Sometimes it is. Sometimes in the book of Acts, that's the case, where you have people filled with the Holy Spirit, and they, they start speaking in tongues. And if you don't know what tongues are, I'm just going to save that conversation for another time. But some people would say, 
the baptism of the Holy Spirit is always evidence. The, the, the way that you know you've been baptized with the Holy Spirit is because you speak in tongues. I would say that's wrong, and the scriptures actually say it's wrong. Do all speak in tongues? Do all prophesy? No. I mean, this is, this is uh, uh, 1 Corinthians, what is it, 14, I believe. Uh, uh, do all speak in tongues? He's, he's basically saying, no, there are different parts of the body, but one spirit. The same spirit that gives the gift of tongues also gives the gift of prophecy, also gives the gift of preaching, the gift of evangelism, the gift of service. So you want to know, how do you know if you've been filled by the Holy Spirit? Here's the answer. You are serving God, whether it's through tongues, prophesy, uh, teaching, evangelism, service. You're able to serve God and live for God with an empowerment, okay? With an empowerment that is not of you. Okay? Different gifts. What we're talking about is the spiritual gifts. The Spirit of God will flow through you, and your life will give him praise. Your life will give him glory in a way that is from God. His Spirit empowering you. So I can't say one specific thing, but what I can say is a heart, a life, a life that is lived for him with power. Okay? That's what I would say is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I will add that this is actually a hugely controversial question within Christianity. And I'll say, if you disagree with me on that, I still like you. You're still welcome here as a church where there's room for more than one opinion. But since I have the microphone, I'm going to tell you my perspective on the question. Um, so once more, it's an experience. Let's get that right. It's an experience. Number two, various gifts. There's not just one gift um, that, that, that marks, that evidence, that experience. Can you say more about what the power is in our lives? Like, what does it empower us to do? Good question. A lot of things. Here's one. Here's one. Love people. Okay? Love people that are otherwise unlovable. Okay? Love people that otherwise get on your nerves and, and people that don't deserve love. Okay? Jesus is living inside you. Loving others. Um, praising God, okay? L apart from the Holy Spirit, apart from the Holy Spirit, praising God is boring, okay? Apart from the Holy Spirit, you have other things you want to do, right? But by the power of the Holy Spirit, we, we see glory and we sing, okay? There's, there's a lot of ways to answer that question. Living an obedient life, turning from sin, turning from sin, okay? Left to my own devices, I just want to live my own way, for my own agenda, for my own glory, things that will never satisfy, and now I see, and, and I don't want to live that way anymore. There's a new life inside of me. Yeah. Yeah, it aligns our desires with his desires, right? There, the there power, you go. To, power to actually walk and live in that repentance that you were talking about yep. and, and changing our lives, because we can make that decision, but we need the power to do, to continue. All right, Roger, our friend over here, has a question. Good morning, Charlie. Hey, Roger. How are you today? Good, good. That was my question. <laughs> no, um, what about children, baptism, and what if we don't get baptized? Do we still go to heaven? Okay. Multiple questions here. Okay, first off, the baptism of children. Hugely uh, controversial thing within Christianity. Should little babies be baptized? Once more, this is an area where I think there's room in the church for different uh, perspectives, but I've been entrusted with the microphone and giving you uh, what I see as the best, uh, uh, what I see as the scriptures making the strongest case. 
What I see is that in the scriptures, baptism is always connected with conversion, okay? Baptism is something you do as an expression of your faith um, upon believing, being born again, okay? So for that reason, we reserve baptism for people who are able to make a confession of faith, saying, I want to live for him. Conversion. There's an idea that you need to be born again, okay? Um, there are some churches that believe that when you wash a baby with water of baptism, you cause that baby to be born again. And I would say that's, that's, that's not true. Okay, that's what I would say. It's not true. We still need to be born again through faith, through believing, okay? Um, it would be nice. I have kids. That would be great if I could just check that box and say, kids born again, okay? Oh, oh, that would make life so much easier. I don't see it in the Bible. I see baptism connected with repentance, okay? Um, but, but, there's an, but, but, but I should also add, there are other churches that do baptize babies, but they don't do it thinking that it causes the baby to be born again. It, it, it's done in a way that kind of shows this baby is part of the church. And there's more theology there. They would basically say that baptism uh, is not so much about conversion, but it's part of church a sign that you're part of the church. It's a longer conversation. But from my perspective, baptism should be reserved for those who are able to make a confession of faith, I believe. You can get baptized, you know, like I know people who have been baptized pretty young because in a pretty young age, they said, I want to live for Jesus, and they seem to understand what that meant. So I don't want to say, like, you need to be 13 or 14. or People get baptized at all ages. The other question, very important. What did you say? Do I need to be baptized to be saved, to go to heaven, is that what to you said? To be cleansed. To be cleansed. Okay, very important question. How are we cleansed? By faith. Turning to him, okay? Turning to him by faith. It, it, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. You got people like the thief on the cross. He never got baptized. He was there with, with Jesus when Jesus was dying. And he said, remember me. And Jesus said, you're going to be with me today in paradise. Okay. So baptism, there's not something magical that's going to happen today. Okay. Christina's getting baptized because she believes by faith. She is saved. Okay. She has the spirit of God. She's not getting baptized so that she can get saved. Okay. Uh, that, that's, that's not what it is. It's, it's a sign it, it, it's a proclamation, okay? So, so do you need to get baptized to be saved? No, but I want to add something here. We're told to be baptized. So if you're sitting there thinking, well, I'm saved, not going to get baptized, don't really care, um, but at least I'm saved, so what's the point? Pause for a moment, okay? Pause, pause. Do you believe in him? Does his word mean anything to you? Uh, he has said, believe and be baptized. His word says be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. If you're going to sit there and say, well, I don't have to do it because I'm saved already. It doesn't really mean anything. I would say, are you saved? Are you sure? Because I'm not sure if that sounds like uh, the words of someone who the Spirit of God lives in. Um, so I would say, no, it's not a requirement. It doesn't make you saved. But I do have questions for those who would claim to be saved yet unwilling to be baptized you know out of obedience to god's word and also to give him glory we get we get baptized 
there's a bunch of new people at church today. Um, and the reason is someone's getting baptized. We're, we're pointing to something. That's glory, okay? That's good. Uh, I understand sometimes it's nervous, you know. Talk to Christina. She said she was nervous. It's like, I get nervous every time I come up here. I get that. That's normal. But she's still here doing it anyways because it's not about, uh, it's not about that. It, it's about pointing. It's, it's too important. An opportunity to point at him and to give him praise and glory, yeah, we, we have to do it. So. All right, a couple follow-up questions. One, if you have been infant baptized, baptized as a baby, should you get rebaptized? You know what? Um, once more, we're a church of people with different uh, perspectives and opinions. Um, I'm going to answer this the best I can. If you were baptized as a baby and you think that that baptism caused you to be born again, and now you understand that's not the case, I would say yes get baptized. If you're come to a place of believing, I would say, yes, get baptized. There are some people that hold to what's known as the covenant view of baptism, where baptism is not linked with conversion as much. I kind of referred to it. And I would say that that perspective is actually more within the realm of what I would call evangelical Bible theology, um, even though I, I would say I would disagree with it, but it's not as big of a disagreement, to be honest. I would say that, hey, if that's your conviction, that's your conviction, and um, I disagree with you, but I'm not going to, I would still say I think you should get baptized because I think that's more biblical, but I, I wouldn't, uh, I, I, I respect that point of view more, to be honest. Uh, people who tie baptism with, with uh, church membership, and, and they would say a baptized baby still needs to be born again. If that's your view, then God bless you. I still think you should get baptized, but there you go. <laughs> Okay, second follow-up question. What does someone who's sitting here listening to you and wants to be baptized do? How, what's the next step? Uh, talk to any leader in the church. Talk to me um, and say, hey, I, I want to be baptized. Or maybe I have questions. I want to talk to a pastor or leader about baptism. And we'll make it happen. Yeah. Okay, this is going to be our last question. Um, and the question is, why should I want the Holy Spirit? Wow. Well, everything I was talking about today. We were created for glory, and that's, that is why our lives are marked with problems. We're chasing after things that don't satisfy. The Holy Spirit is living water, life. Jesus said, everyone who drinks of this well will be thirsty again. But the living water that I give, you will drink and you will not thirst. It'll be a well inside you. That's uh, what we were created for. It's joy, glory. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, if your question did not get answered, we also have a podcast that we might um, be able to address some of the questions. I'm just going to pray for us, and we're going to continue on. Father, thank you for the gift of salvation that you have given to us and that it is free. And I pray that you would, um, for those of us who have never accepted that gift, that you would work in our hearts through your spirit to, to want to accept that, to want this satisfying living water, this, the, this life that... Um, points to you instead of living for things that don't satisfy. I pray that you would change our hearts to want that for those of us who don't know you, but also for those of us who do and who still struggle with chasing after the things that don't satisfy. I pray that you would work in our hearts to want you more by your spirit. I pray for um, the baptism that's about to happen, Lord, that you would just um, be, be with Christina and with Charlie. Father, I pray that you would be um, be, be pleased by what's about to happen. And we know that you're celebrating along with us. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.